Hello and welcome to episode nine of Bat Eight Don't Bowl. This week we've ditched Nye for Elliot because he decided he wants to come back again, which is lovely to see him. Thanks very much for joining you. Uh, cricket's obviously taken a bit of a uh, hiatus in the last week in the UK, but there has been some other cricket going on around the world. And just around the corner, of course, is the IPL, all of which we will discuss over the next, well, half an hour, 40 minutes or so. So uh, strap in. But let's start with the... Uh, Let's start with an interesting piece from NASA on uh, Sky Sports, which we recently all saw, about umpires cool and DRS. Um, Elliot, do you want to start talking your feelings on whether or not the uh, the stumps are the right size at the moment with DRS? Well, the stumps have never been the right size, have they? They've always, <laughs> they've, they've always, even even from uh, sort of junior cricket upwards, the stumps have never been the right. They're far too big, aren't they? But um, Oh, it's just one of those. It's all sort of come from Virat Kohli, really, hasn't it? This this whole carry on about whether umpires call should be a thing. It's all come from the Indian um, setup, I think. Anyway, I yeah, Kohli made Kohli made the call for a bit of background. Kohli made the call that umpires call should uh, should be abolished, and we should just trust in the DRS. And if it's hitting the stumps, it should be should be out. So. NASA then did a piece explaining why umpires call existed, explaining that umpires call is there to allow for the fluctuations that come with predicting where a ball is going to go and where it's going to hit. So they allow for that. Um, but the question is, it's, it's 2021. So surely the technology is close enough to be able to predict where it's going to hit the stumps. Yeah, I think, the, the thing is, the th it was brought in to get rid of the absolute howlers, wasn't it? It was just those decisions that everyone is just shaking their head at and thinking, how the hell have you given that out? Like, like some of Joel Garner. Is it, is it Joel Garner, the umpire? Um, it's not Joel Garner. I can't, the West Indian umpire who, uh, who had an absolute howler in a series, uh, England home series a while back, and he got an absolute pasting for it online. And it is to get rid of those like howler decisions because he gave so many out and not out that were the opposite decision. And obviously DRS came in and everyone was like, okay, brilliant. These have now been given out. Fantastic. That, that's what it's brought in to do. But you do have to question whether the, these umpires are now thinking, oh, I can give that, I can give that out. It's marginal, but I'll give it out. And if I'm wrong, then the DRS is going to overturn it anyway. And it doesn't really matter too much because it was a marginal call. Are they giving the marginal ones out now where they perhaps wouldn't have before? Is perhaps where the Indians are coming from with this and perhaps where Virat Kohli is coming with this is, you know, that leeway that they're giving now, are they being more lenient? Are they being, where are we going with this? Where are the umpires thinking? Yeah, I think it's it's a very interesting one. I think it was an interesting point and an interesting piece. I think as a bowler, you always think that, you know, sometimes I see some of the ones that are, you know, marginally less than half a ball or looks like it's half a ball. To me, that's out. I think, I think especially with technologies these days, you can tell, like, if more than half the ball's hitting or half the ball's hitting, you know, it's going to hit the stumps more likely than not. And I think there's, there's, there's difference with the bales as well, isn't there, where, you know, if it's like half of it on the bales, but it's not on the stumps, it, it's not given, it's given up by his call. And I think that was causing a bit of confusion, but you know, I think it was a very interesting piece, but I, I, I think technology is a little bit better. Um, what I would say about DRS is, is the systems practically f 
flawless. I don't think there's been a lot of cause for that until now, ever since it started. And it had a few teething problems with that over three metres rule, where I think Ian Bell got given not out in the 2011 World Cup, and that was abolished straight away. Whereas if you look at other well, for example, like VAR and the problems they have with that. Obviously, that's more human error than it is with this, but this kind of eliminates human error, which is the magnificence of DRS. And I saw Peter Miller, the cricket geek on, on Twitter, say a few a few weeks back, cricket literally lucked into having the perfect system for cricket straight away. Like it fixed all the problems that people were having. Um, umpiring standards have arguably got better, apart from the odd one, as we said, the odd howlers there, but you hardly see any howlers anymore. It's a lot of umpires call and and that sort of thing which is why it's causing the problems now i think is because the umpiring standards are so high these days that you know it's the it's the margin of error isn't it it's it's not really a massive margin of error anymore it's minuscule parts and people you know i i think maybe going down to 25 percent of the ball hitting the stumps if they think that might be the case and i'd be happy for that but you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm is I'm thinking, and you know it's the classic case of India get in what India talk and India get what they want, don't they? But um, you know I don't really see there being an issue with DRS the way that it is at the moment. Um, but you know, as I said, I wouldn't be against it being you know twenty five percent of the ball, maybe something like that. I think it's interesting there that you say like, is it a problem? Is it really something we need to discuss, or uh, yeah, are they just throwing their arms up certainly the Indians I know we've certainly spoken about it before with umpires cool um about whether or not it should be around but after all it is the same for both sides yeah um it's not it's not something that a team can really abuse I mean potentially there are a few decisions that you will automatically review because you think umpires cool is going to save you either way but uh ultimately it's the same for both sides and does it really need changing it's, it's working quite well I don't know I sound a bit old there is that a bit of a granddad sort of view? Uh, but no, or, uh... I, I, I think that's perfectly acceptable. Because I said, it doesn't cause any problem. It, it, unlike, as we said, I hate to use VAR again, but you know the amount of problems that that seemingly causes with football. Again, I'd say that that's more human error than anything. But with DRS, it's literally you know looking at one thing. Is he out or is he not out? There's no grey area. There's no like different things or it's not up to interpretation. The rules are, if it's umpire's call, it's out or not out, depending on the way the decision has been given or it's not out or it's out. And I think that's the beauty of the system. It's so simple and so effective. Do you really need to change it? I'd probably argue that you don't. But if technology is as good as we think it is these days, um, you know, I'm all for giving... I, I think the benefit of the doubt should go to the bowling side. I think that's the one thing that I probably would change because it's so difficult to get wickets, especially in test cricket. Um, okay. Well, well, let's talk about... Kind of, I think we're going on to the second point of what NASA was talking about, where... <laughs> If the stumps are made bigger, and like you said, Gav, we get twenty-five percent of the ball. Yeah. The the favour does swing it into the the bowler's hands. Really, the stumps are a little bit bigger. Yeah. We've got something more to aim at. Um. And recently, we've heard a lot of calls that cricket has potentially swayed in favour of the batsman. We've seen the scores go up, and yeah, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot being said about that. So, is this a way of balancing out the game and potentially bringing that that pendulum back into the middle? I think, especially in white ball cricket, I'd say yeah. 100%. I think, you know, as a bowler myself, obviously not up to the standards of international bowlers, but it must be so frustrating when you're bowling white ball cricket and you're, well, imagine bowling to England at the moment. You know, best on Roy teeing off, going 10 and over. We're scoring 350, 400 nearly every game. And then, you know, you get one that's umpire's call, it's given not out. 
and half the balls hit in. I think that did happen in one one of the one days. If I got, I think Besto was given out LBW, and because half the ball wasn't hitting, or sorry, he was given not out half, not out LBW, but half the balls hitting the stumps. And for me, you know, I think that's out personally. And I think that kind of brings it back a little bit more in favour of the bowlers because I, I do, as I said, especially in white in white ball cricket, it is a batsman's game. Um, and you know, I think it would be nice to give something back to the bowlers. Uh, and in test cricket as well, you know, I, I don't really see the harm. I think it's a probably a little bit less batter and bowler friendly, especially if you're, well, for for sake of India, when they're playing at home, you know, they're probably not going to lose a series for a long time at home because they're so, they know the conditions and they're so used to the conditions and so suited to it. Whereas in white ball cricket, everyone builds a flat one that doesn't turn just because they want everyone to score 400. Yeah, that's yeah. no, a fair assessment. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I think um, I think we just have to come back to thinking about the fact we are unbelievably lucky to have it like we do. We've got other sports who are currently ranting and raving every single week about their technology or relative lack of fluidity with the technology. And how how do you how as a cricketing fan? Do we complain about our version of technology when you only have to look at other top-level sports on an arguably bigger scale, especially with football, and think, God, what on earth is going on there? Yeah. Like, what on earth is going on there? We only, I mean, we only saw a decision last night where uh, one of the Dortmund players had that goal disallowed. Jude Bellingham, yeah. But the, th- the, th- the amazing thing about that was because the referee had blown his whistle before the ball had hit the back of the net, it couldn't go to VAR. Yeah. And, that, and you're just thinking, why? Well, exactly. You're it's, right. It's a, it's a ludic- it, VAR is a ludicrous system. And I think it's potentially unfair to compare VAR to DRS system in cricket. You're right, we are very lucky. But if you look at, the say, the TMS system in rugby, which is another very favourable rugby, what they do is they then go and the assessment is made by the referee and that, that call is final when it comes down from the, the TMO person and I think when it comes to the DRS system in cricket if the if the fourth umpire is signaling that that would have been out then surely that's enough of an argument to go in the same way that it is in, in rugby yeah I think they talk through it though as well isn't it I think the difference with rugby is it's a lot of the stuff they go for in rugby is kind of it's kind of backwards but with cricket it's kind of I said it's so simple it's LBW caught behind if he's nicked it he's out if he hasn't nicked he's not if it's not hitting the stumps, it's not out. It's it, there's so little variables with, with with DRS, which is what makes it so effective as well. And I said we've lucked in. I said it's almost a nigh on flawless system. The fact that we're talking about well, maybe we should extend it to twenty five percent of the ball instead of fifty percent of the ball hitting or not hitting the stumps. Uh, that's literally the only complaint that people have had in ten years, and it's and it's not even it's not even a big complaint. What's, exactly. what's the verdict then, boys? Elliot, what would you say? Keep it as it is or I'd change it? Uh, Gav, I'll ask you. Like, as I said as I said at the start of this, I think it's all just come from a bit of complaining on behalf of the BCCI, hasn't it? <laughs> it's all just come so from... It's, from so that. it's good. Just just keep it as it is then. You've got to keep it. Like, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The famous saying, I don't think it's broke. As it is. Like it seems to work. You don't see players complaining about it that often, do you? you, you they sort of give a shrug of the shoulders every now and then, and then just get on with it. 
it's only really Vera who stands there with his angry face and angry beard. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think the I, I echo Elliot's sentiment about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I do think that maybe twenty five percent of the ball hitting the stumps, especially in one-day cricket, might bring it back towards the bowlers a little bit. So if they did bring that in, I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, I have to agree with both of you. If it ain't broke, just 25% I could handle, but any more than that, and it just it becomes a different sport. What's the point in having an umpire? Yeah, I would agree there. That, anyway, that was, let's, that let's move on to the IPL, which starts on Friday. Yeah, boy. <laughs> And lasts Very from, exciting. Last from so you doesn't it? Before COVID calls it up. <laughs> <laughs> they're already Dan- testing positive, aren't they? Daniel Sam's tested positive, didn't he? Yeah, they're already testing positive. There's a load of them, I think. Shout partying. Yeah, so Dan. Well, Sam- the restrictions out in India aren't quite as uh, quite as strong as the ones back here, are they? <laughs> I mean, you only had to look at that. Um, was it one of the, was it the first ODI we played with a fifty thousand crowd? <laughs> Or was it a T20? I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. We played with a 50,000 crowd at one point. It's no wonder it's going around the country. Yeah, and there was a massive spike in that area and it was almost entirely down to all the fans being at the cricket, apparently. The stud, he said. Shock horror. Yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> Pretends to be shocked. But let's, let's hope that there is no... Well, COVID. are they not supposed to be bubbled up? Yeah, well, they are. Yeah, that's the point. The players are. Well, so... Some of them are getting COVID, though. How's that happening in their bubbles? Well, maybe a bit more lenient than some of COVID bubbles. Are I you suggesting they're being naughty? Oh, I would never dream of it. I can't libel somebody on here, can I, or slander them? But probably. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think some of these COVID bubbles are a little bit looser, aren't they? I think, especially for the England series that we've had recently, we've had. You know, England have had their own biosecurity team and stuff like that. I yeah, and if anybody went outside, they're banned for like seven games. <laughs> I I can't see that. I mean, Joffrey Archer went famously. Joffrey home Archer went home. He went home. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> meet anyone else. He went home, and um, and he got he got binned from it for a little while, didn't he? I think he got a proper stern talking to. I I can't see it being that uh, strict here, and we're seeing already seeing some of the results of that but I suppose at the start of the whole process when everyone was going into the bubbles at the start there was probably going to be a few cases where they've been out and then are going back in to the bubbles as it were you've got I think it's looking now we've got Akshar Patel, Devduk Padikal, um, Daniel Sams so you know these guys have they're in isolation now and hopefully these will be sort of the teething problems rather than a developing problem, I would say, because it would be good to have a. An... They all play for the same team, though, don't they? They all play for RCB. Yeah, yeah, they all play for RCB. So it's, it's already a little bit of. Although one of the KKR batsmen has also been, uh, been struck down, but uh, yeah, hopefully, as I say, as I said, hopefully it would be very nice to get a an uninterrupted IPL. Obviously, the PSL got interrupted, and that all seems to have turned into a bit of a farce now. So hopefully, we won't get that with the IPL. Because obviously the IPL is the the premier T20 global T20 tournament, so yeah, it's it's shaping up to be as as it always is. It's shaping up to be a serious serious tournament this year. So I hope it I hope it all goes ahead without a hitch. 
Edwards, who do you reckon is in the best place to win the IPL this year? I think, to be honest, the Royal Challengers have kind of got my uh, tip of approval. <laughs> I just think they're two opening batsmen, Virat Kohli and A.B. de Villiers. Just like, they're just going to put on a score every single time. They're not going to care about the bowlers, right? They haven't got a bad bowling line up. Adam Zampa's not bad. But in terms of, they're just going to put a big total up and say, go on, every single time. And no one's going to be able to get there because they'll, they'll turn up at, at some point. Honestly, I don't think anyone's, well, there's a few, there's a few squads I think that could get there. But I think the Royal Challenge is probably going to win it this year. I, th- I don't think the Daily Capitals could do all right. If Pant fires like he has in recent days, Delhi Capitals could have a good one. Yeah, and they've got Padakal as well, we just spoke about. He's obviously got um, COVID at the moment, but he was on in unbelievable form last year. I think he got young play of the tournament. And, um, you know, he just left-handed by another bloke who whacks it. And they've signed Finn Allen as well, who got 80-odd of 20 balls in the T20 for um, New Zealand the other day. So another bloke in the Chris Gale mode is just going to go up the top and whack it. So I think they're in a good place. But I think for me, it, it's really hard to to look past the reigning champions who've won it 2017, 2019, 2020. So they could be on for the three-peat the first time ever in IPL history. Mumbai just stacked top to bottom, aren't they? Um, you know, Rohit, a young Argentine Dolko who's probably not going to get a game. My man, Quinny de Kock, Nathan Coltonile, people like that, Trent Bolt. You know, they're just head to toe. Karen Pollard. And they know how to win. they you know, Roy Chalmers never be every IPL final Roy Chalmers been in. They've won every single one. He's never lost an IPL final. I think they just know how to get over the line and very strong squad, top to bottom. Good young players, Ishan Kishan as well. Um, Jeff Bumrah, they've got such a strong bowling lineup. And I think we talk about the batting lineup as well. Both the Pandyas, Milne, Chris Lynn, the squad's stacked. And, you know, I think as much as we say, about, yeah, it's nice to have batters who blast off, but I think usually you'll see in the IPL, the the team with the, the best bowling attack usually does really well. Like, Delhi's bowling attack carried them last year with uh, with Rabada and Nokia, um, who are doing so well. And then the Sunrisers, just because they got Rashid Khan, people like that, you know, can almost get away with it because their bowlers are going to do so much damage. But I just think all round, top to bottom, there's not really a weak link in the Mumbai side. And they've got very strong overseas as well and good young players. So I think for me, it's going to have to be um, Mumbai. Yeah. It's, I think as, as, as sexy as the RCB lineup is, <laughs> they've even added Glenn Maxwell to it now. So they bottle have, jobs. Perennial bottle jobs, RCB. I mean, they have really taken the, the idea of you do well in one game and we'll sign you up for big time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what did coming on to that. Do you see um Captain Gambia saying that today? He's, yeah, no, I've, he was I've, spray, he was spraying Glenn Maxwell. He was like, he's rubbish. He just does. He has one good game and gets. That's why he's played for a million teams because he he's crap and he plays one good game every night, like ten games. He was literally just like genuinely saying that basically Glenn Maxwell was shit. <laughs> but he's giving him a fair volley. I'm just reading it now, and it is a bit of a volley from Gauta. He's evidently trying to work his way into a punditry gig at some point somewhere. He's definitely going to appear in the IPL at some stage. Oh, 100%. Hopefully on an RCB game. But um, he's, what's this? he said, had, had Maxwell done really well in the IPL, he wouldn't have played for so many franchises, to be honest. Uh, he's played for so many franchises because he's not been consistent at all. We can't keep talking about it. 
he hasn't had the freedom for the had the freedom in sarcastic quotations, if you like, for the previous franchises he's played for. When he played for Delhi, he had a lot of freedom. Most of these franchises and coaches, because they think he's an X-Factor player, they want to try to provide him with the best platform where he can succeed. The most unfortunate thing is, despite getting that platform, he has not succeeded apart from in one season in 2014. Get wrecked, Glenn. Cheers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I bet Glenn Maxwell's just sitting back at home with his $2 million saying, I don't give a toss. Uh, he, he had that 80 in the Australian New Zealand series, didn't he? And that's bought him his IPL gig for the next four years. Great. Good luck to him. I think he'll be good. I, I think, think he's, he's a right. good... He, he adds to the team, doesn't he? Like, he's, regardless in of what... at, he's in good nick at the moment. At the moment, You can't argue that Maxwell would be an asset to any side. I, I don't disagree at all. I think he's... I think that's just fighting Borg, that little yeah. piece. He's shit hot in the Burn field. Him up. You've got to remember that. Yeah. He's a serious field of Glenn Maxwell. I think... His off-spin is off more than handy as well. Right, yeah. I, I think it, chances are he's going to come off on, on one aspect of his game. Yeah. Whether he puts it all together is where Glenn Maxwell tends to fall down and how consistently he does that. But if he turns up on his day, he's just going to take you to shreds, isn't he? Yeah. And that, I think with RCB, though, their problem has always been putting it together, both bat and ball. They they just can't seem to do it. They've never won the tournament. For they've only been they've only been to one final, haven't they? They've been to yeah. I think they've been to one final. They've never won it for this reason. And I, again, I think they've just gone with the the sexy appearance to the lineup. Uh, I don't think it's deep enough. Elliot, 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 you're missing the point here. Sex sells, and the IPL <laughs> is all about making a moolah. You don't have to win. You just have to make bank. Well, like, they are going to sell so many t-shirts. Yeah, you, you do have a point there. Their merchandising is going to be on a different level to that of some of the other sides. But, you, you know, you've just got to look at these other sides and think they're just so much better set up. You know, Sunrisers, one of their players has had to drop out. So they've brought in Jason Roy and he's now going to bat at the top with Johnny Bairstow. Class. So, you know, they're getting the band back together. You've then got... The Actually, are, are they both going to open? Because Warner's Warner's playing. Well, it could be, it could be Warner. So Kane Williamson. Surely you have. Surely they have to open together. They're the most successful opening partnership in white ball cricket. In one in one day cricket. I I don't think Bess is going to play. Ooh. I think because you've got four overseas: Williamson and and um, Warner. Warner are both going to play. Rashid Khan's going to play, oh, so there's yeah. one spot left. I was just about to say they've got Rashid Khan in there as well. So Yeah, there's one spot left. And I'd pick Jason Roy in T20 over Johnny Bairstow. Yeah, I think, I think I'd go with that as well. But it, 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 they have the options, and they've got some serious options there. But it's hilarious with the Sunrisers, isn't it? Bairstow's having an unbelievable tournament last year, and they just didn't play him for the, six, the last six games. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they've actually... They, they've, always come at it with a bit of a, a, a funky strategy, the Sunrisers, actually. They, some games, they just do something different all of a sudden when it's been working well for them and it all goes to pop. And that's that's sort of been their, their downfall a couple of times. But it'd be interesting to see how they go, particularly if they go with Jay Roy and... Uh... I, I, just think, I just find it really interesting when, when they bring in another opening batsman when literally you've got Warner, Bairstow, Williamson, who bats top of the order. Why bring so many people like that in 
I found it strange because I, I think the guy, I can't remember who left, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't an opening bat. He was a bowler, I think. Yeah. And they brought Jay Roy in. Obviously, Jason Jason's a fantastic player. Like, nobody's doubting it. Like, we had Nye on the podcast last week, and he was saying how much of a joke he is in white ball cricket. But I just think, from their, from their perspective, is it what they needed? Probably not. But, to, you know, I, 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 I said all four of them can't play because Rashid Khan's going to play, so one's going to have to miss out. To be fair to them, they do, they do have a reasonably good um, homegrown bowling lineup. If you like, they've got um, T Nataraj and Bhuvneshwar Kumar who are both in there. Yeah, so their bowling lineup isn't isn't it's not stacked, but it's also not. Well, Kumar Kumar's so effective in IPL though. He's one of the top we can take us in the tournament's history. So he's so effective. You saw how effective he was with the new ball in the One Day series. I'll tell you who they also have, Gaff. Shabazz Nadine. <laughs> I'm not sure that he's going to play. I'm yeah, not going to lie. They got Majib. They got Majib as well. I forgot about Majib. I think he does well in the IPL. Nabi. Yeah, they got some. Like I said there's no way that Jason Roy's. Jason Holder. Oh my god. There's some serious overseas players here. They've almost stacked their overseas and kind of forgotten about their uh, homegrown players. Yeah, genuine. But, you know, this is what we're dealing with in the IPL now. They've got so many different options and this is what they do. They stack the squads. And we we saw it with um, it's Preeti Zinta, the uh, Punjab Kings owner or chairman or manager or whatever she is to the Punjab Kings. She was just she she had a lot of money to spend at that IPL auction and she was having an absolute field day with it. People want to see that. Like, she was dishing out like half a mil for Riley Meredith. It's like wow. <laughs> incredible. But again, oh, I forgot forgot about RCB have got the greatest bowler of all time, Carl Jameson, as well. Yeah, they can't throw can't throw that out there. Well, RCB have won. Or whatever it was. I was just looking at Rajasthan because I like to look at Rajasthan as well and remember they spent God knows how much money on Chris Morris. And now they've got nobody left. And but they've got they've got some good uh, Joffre. So honestly, I don't see Chris Morris getting in the team. He's put, he's been brought in as the backup to Joffre, hasn't he? Yeah. But they spent he's the most expensive player in IPL history, and I don't think he's gonna play. Uh, the Stoke the Stokes sure. Butler. AJ Ty, David Miller, Joffre. They're, they're definitely not dropping either of Butler Stokes Archer, are they? No. So there's one spot there's, left. There's no way they're dropping them. So there's one overseas spot left. And by the look of it, they're going to fill that with one of AJ Ty, David Miller, Chris Morris, Mustafizor, uh, Mustafa uh, Liam Livingston. Yeah. So, I mean, Somebody's not getting a gig there, and hopefully it's not Chris Morris because otherwise that is ridiculous. I, I, I said I, I, he'll probably play the first couple of games, but you know we spoke about it when it went down the first time. For a bloke who bowls one forty on occasion and occasionally hits a six, it's it's like unbelievable amounts of money. When you when you could have got somebody like when you could have got Kyle Jameson, who's a better bowler. Like their batting's pretty stacked anyway. Sandy Sampson, people like that as well. You know, you're going to play Butler and Stokes, who've been probably the two most consistent or two of the most consistent overseas in the last couple of years. And Joffro's obviously unbelievable and has been magnificent ever since he's played in the IPL. But 
you know, with the people like Jai Richardson and those guys out there who've already had fantastic tournaments and Morris has barely played, to spend that amount of money on him, as we said the other day, is pretty, pretty daft, in my opinion. What about the uh, Chennai Super Kings? I'm quite excited to see the old boys go out. <laughs> the old, big Mahendra. It's literally like a school reunion, this, isn't it? <laughs> I'm a, I am a little bit worried for Chennai, just because there's so many players. So it's not hot when they play. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job it's not an ODI game. They won't make it through. But, but there's just so many lads in there. And admittedly, they have a stupid amount of experience in that side. It is a ridiculous. Well, if they make it to the final, you can can you can be sure of some composure. Well, they've got Suresh Rayner, MS Dhoni, Ryudu. Fab- my favorite, my favorite thing. Have you seen the Photoshop of Josh Hazelwood on the IPL website? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> yeah. Just straight over Mitchell Santner's face. Oh, fantastic! Oh, I've not seen that. Um, well, I, I'd never accuse them of having great graphics, but. It's the same with all T20, T10 leagues around the world, isn't it? Their graphics and their branding is never really that good. Yeah. Service Ryan, he didn't... I didn't even know Service Ryan was still playing. Yeah, I thought I genuinely thought he retired about two seasons ago, to be honest. So it doesn't look like they've got a lot of buying, which is bizarre. Sam Sam Curry must bring the average age down by about 10 years. Well, he was was probably their only shining night last year, wasn't he? Because I think they finished bottom, if I'm not mistaken. He's still 16. I hope they play Mo and Ali. I love Mo. Sam Curran is still 16. I'd like to see him get a bit yeah, more. He is. Yeah, I think Mo's going to have a good tournament. I imagine he's going to be one of their overseas to play. They've got some, you know, Faf, Dwayne Bravo, Lungi and Gidi. Um, I think just put him in at their number seven batting spot. Number seven. Just take him home every single week. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting because it's probably him and Santner are going to be fighting for the same spot because they do the same thing, really, don't they? Because Santner's made a bit of a, well, made a load of strides with his batting. He scored 100 against us in Test cricket not so long ago. Um, but he can oh. hit a long ball as well. So, you know, spinners that do the same thing. Shadeja oh, looks Mo. like he's going to be Always fit as well. Oh, yeah, I'd back Mo as well. But, you know, the, I think they're two people who are probably going to interchange and play, you know, obviously the odd game as well. But I think Jadeja's back fit as well, isn't he? So that's a big that's a big plus for Chennai. That's, I think that's huge for Chennai. He's, he's almost there. I know they've got MS Dhoni. And MS Dhoni is MS Dhoni, you know. He, he he can't walk he can't walk down a corridor in India. Yeah. And not be mobbed. The, the bloke is absolutely insane. And it's interesting, actually. Um, I, th- I heard Nai mention it last week on the pod that Jinx Rahane was walking around in the UK, thinking, "God, this is incredible." Yeah. <laughs> Recognizing this sort of thing, and you just got to think. God, it makes you think about how how under pressure these guys are to succeed. When obviously in the UK we, we're always going on about how how people get on your backs when you have a bit of a hard time. I mean, Bearstow in Test matches or something like that, he's getting a bit of flack. Can you imagine how these Indian lads feel? No, not at all. Oh my god! I, and it's interesting. How, it's interesting to listen to someone like Hardik Pandya, who basically turned around and said, "You, you kind of just become numb to it." You just ignore it. And Rishabh Pant said something similar as well. Whereas, so they don't have the fear of going out and underperforming because if they did, it would just completely scupper them and they, they, you know, they'd be broken men. So these guys are just so conditioned to 
ignoring the outside noise, if you like. And Kale Rahul was saying it after his um, sort of comeback knock in the ODIs as well. It's, it's just absolutely mental to think about. And it just shines cricket in a completely different light over there. You know, it's, we think it's popular. It must be challenging to block out. It must be really hard to just continually, you know, you think it's just noise, isn't it? It can't be noise about your career. It's, it's hard work to, to drum out. I know we spoke, it's another thing we spoke to Nye about last week. Um, and he said, obviously, like, they all get spoken to about it. But it must be something that is just such a big issue in India. They must be teaching it every single day. It must be a full-time job just teaching that. Yeah, well, I, I remember, I think it was one of the World Cups that Donny had just taken over the captaincy, maybe 2007 where they got knocked out early on and he was getting a new extension built on his house and the Indian fans pulled it down. They literally went to his house and pulled like part of his house down. And that would, uh, you know, I can't even begin to imagine what the pressure is. I think, you know, from, from people I've talked to, I, I, people talk about footballers being, you know, mobbed and stuff like that. But I think it's even different. Great for being an Indian cricketer in India. It's different gravy. Like you literally can't leave your house. And I think Premier League, Premier League footballers over here. Yeah. They would, you know, probably the odd person would come up to them and, and they might get a bit of, might get a bit of slack or a bit of attention. But in, in either, literally, I remember being at Lords when Sachin Tendulkar was there and they literally had to clear away for him to get to the net. Like he could, they, they like, because people just worship these people like, like got like Stoney, Coley, Tendulkar, people like that are literally at the top, the top, they're literally worshipped by the Indian fans. And I say it must be the the amount of pressure they carry on, and that's why I've got so much respect for them as well. You know, part of that is, you know, I we we slate Coley sometimes with the things that he does, but that man's got the weight of, uh, you know, they got the hardest job in world cricket by a country mile, and to to perform the way that he does week in week out across all formats is absolutely remarkable. Keeps that beard looking sharp. He does look sharp. <laughs> he is a handsome man. Just it's hard to look at anything else, isn't it? He just looks it's cool. Just, uh, he does just look cool. You know what? He's he's the definition of sex sales. I hate <laughs> the man, but he's sexy. He's he's magnificent. He's um, he's just box office, isn't he? And I just love him. But I said, think think about think think about what it must be like to to live like him. You know, he's well, he's got the fifth most followers in the world now, isn't he? Behind the oh, he's a king. He must live like a king. Yeah. He works hard, but he must be he must be a king out in there, certainly in India. Oh yeah, massively. Uh, should we talk about some cricket that has actually happened in the last week or so? Why not? Uh, there hasn't been a lot. There hasn't been a lot. We've been on a bit of a cricket hiatus globally, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> Pakistan did take on South Africa, and that series is turning into something quite interesting. Oh, the the other day, where poor poor Fak as a man who. In that game, actually, that we're about to talk about, actually scored more runs than he did in his entirety uh, of his time playing for Glamorgan. He scored 193, and they lost. Like, could you imagine that? It's the highest. It's the highest score ever in a chase in one-day cricket, and they still lost by 20 runs. Did, uh, and, did and you have a hilarious run out? Oh yeah, for, there was a part where I was like, oh my god, he, where he hit, where he went to 150 and he just started blitzing sixes out the ground like slog sweeping everyone I was like oh my god he's going to take him home and I was just because they had Shine Sharfridi batting nine who with all due respect to him probably isn't a number probably would bat number 11 for every other international side in the world 
like it was just it was just remarkable hitting and i did feel really sorry for him in the end to be honest but it's been a really really entertaining series like start to finish even today where south africa you know kind of chopped and changed the third and, idea yeah chopped and changed 320 320 pakistan got in the end after being 200 for one and then 260 for six classic faxman getting another 100 um well let's let's talk about faxman and his, well, let's talk about his run out first. Hilarious. We haven't actually met Quentin de Cock. Quentin I mean, de Cock, sorry. Unbelievable. Can we have I would, I would, that, was, that was some serious shithousery that was. Unbelievable. Oh, that Tabray Shamsi coming out and saying he was just to tell him to throw it to the bowlers end. And it was like, he wasn't. He definitely was not. <laughs> for, those, for those of you who haven't seen it, I, I'd suggest you firstly go out and find the clip. Um, but uh, essentially, Quinton de Klopp behind the stumps just just mugs Fakir Samir off, basically. The ball's coming to his end, and Quinton de Klopp pretends it's not. And uh, and suddenly the stumps explode, and Fakir Samir's given up halfway down the wicket. Oh, it's a man's out for 193 like that as well. Like, could you oh, imagine? 193. It's got to hurt. I was crying with laughter. He, de Klopp actually points to the, like, the other end, doesn't he? He's like pointing. Yeah. The non-strikers end, and Fakas a man sees that, obviously sees that, and, and starts thinking, "Oh, it's not coming to my end." Because <laughs> the cock is like, "Why have you not thrown it to this end?" <laughs> and the next thing, he's taking it in his and knocking the stump. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Such <laughs> unbelievable! It's just awesome. I think people are blowing up on Twitter saying it's against. The, the, the... People are literally blowing up on Twitter saying, oh, "I can't believe this is against the game." Disgusting! Like people throw. You know, throwing shade at Quinton de Kock, mainly Pakistani fans, as you could imagine. But um, you know, I thought it was genius. Well, it, wasn't, it was hilarious. It wasn't a gentleman's move. It wasn't oh, a gentleman's move at all. Yeah, but you can't be that dull anyway. You you got. Oh the, well, I mean, if someone had done that to me in village cricket, I'd have I'd have been, I'd have, I'd have bought my pint in my bat. Yeah, really. Yeah, I think I imagine getting done. After I, like, yeah, I got off the field, I'd have shaken his hand. Really? Oh, I'd be livid. I'd be fuming. I suppose it's your own responsibility as a batsman to run it in. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. It's like, you know, I am, I'm a head down anyway because I'm not the fastest and I, I'm quite a large individual. I, you know, running in between the wickets, you know, I've got to put every ounce I can into it. Otherwise, I'm not getting to the other end. So, even I, you know, you've just got to slide your bat in, Faka. Like, I've got, like I said, it's his own fault, isn't it? To he be fair be... play, it was a good ball in from the deep to get him out. It was a great throw. And throws half the battle, isn't it? Like, you could have thrown it 30 yards left of him and it wouldn't have mattered, but it was straight over the top of the stumps. So I, I just thought it was amazing. I thought it was absolutely hilarious and good on Quinton de Kock. I love Quinton de Kock. I think he's fantastic. Another man who's going to score sheep, shed loads of runs for Mumbai this year. Sheep loads of runs. Sheep loads of runs. That was just my Welshness coming through. I apologize. I'll tell you what, though, he's a, I, I, um, when uh, putting together some questions for, uh, for Nye last week, I, uh, I actually watched a, uh, a quick fire Q&A with Quinton de Kock. He's a boring bloke. <laughs> he apparently hates cricket I think we've talked about this before you can tell he hates cricket just from watching that video oh my god he, he couldn't he didn't raise a smile he doesn't he what's he doing drinks, then hates wine, hates wine. Um, oh, he just, he just, no enthusiasm whatsoever it's like being a cricketer as, and you kind of get this when you're playing cricket on a Saturday morning and it's cold. We're going to get it this month when the um, you know when the UK cricket domestic cricket season starts and we're all going to get back to playing cricket on Saturdays. And you kind of get this 
he just hates cricket. There is, there is a time where he hates cricket. And we all feel that sometimes. You know, when you're stood in a cold field in late April and it probably starts raining a little bit and you've got to go and get the covers on or something like that. That's how Quinton de Kock feels about cricket on a regular basis, judged by that video. Yeah, my favourite thing is about when he got handed the captaincy, didn't he? He was like, and the, all the things afterwards are like, oh, are you looking to do this long time? He's like, no, don't want to do it. I'm just doing it. But he's literally like, no, I don't want to do it. Just wait until we find the suitable replacement and then I'm giving it up. Like, generally, like, no bother. Like, yeah, I don't care. Don't want a captain side. Just want to bat. And but I just want to bat and keep. Like, give me the least responsibility you can. Unbelievable. So the bloke's a jet, though. He's so good at cricket. <laughs> he's... he's the Brooks Kepka of cricket who just doesn't care for the sport whatsoever. And yet he's just really bloody good at it. And that's why he plays it because he knows he can make a load of money off it in what's a relatively short career. And then put his feet up with some burst on the barbecue. Yeah, but I think the, the, the difference between Brooks Kepka and Quinton de Kock is Quinton de Kock's actually enjoyable to watch, whereas Brooks Kepka just isn't. Right, it depends if you backed him or not. Isn't it? <laughs> That's very true. I haven't backed him for the Masters <laughs> this week. Good price for the Masters for what it's worth. He was, he was actually. It's because he's done his knee in, isn't he? He's, yeah. yeah, do you see the do you see the video? Do you see the things of him? He can't bend his knees down, so he has to do like a Spider Man pose when he reads greens and stuff. He can't get back up if he bends down on his knees. It's unbelievable. I'll see if I can find the photo. It's class. That's what you get when you're an Instagram model, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, our golf podcast is starting. <laughs> 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 be sure to tune in for that. It's uh, it's going to be a going to be a world It's going to be a bomb, yeah. No, um, that's just just getting back to one day cricket. I just think obviously we've had a lot of good one day cricket recently. Uh, New Zealand looking really strong, England obviously, India, um, and South Africa and Pakistan. To be honest, like Pakistan potentially could do with a bit of work, but South Africa looked like a, a bit of a unit as well. I think the World Cup is going to be really exciting next year. Do you know the one thing that I well, thought about? This year. Is it this yeah. year? Next year? This oh year. no, with the the one day World Cup's a while away. It's T20 yeah. World Cup, isn't it? Oh, T20. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the one thing that I found when I was watching this, though, is how difficult it is for, you know, I think it's something we've been blessed about. And I think it's something, again, that Nye talked about on the podcast last week is the way that we've changed the way that people think about one day cricket is I've been watching teams, you know, scrape to get to 300 and, you know, being 200 and odd or, you know, getting 100 in the last over to get them over getting them over the line to get to 300 or whatever. Whereas, you know, you, you used to watch in England, we're 220 off 25 overs with that. We're like, I've been, seen games where we've been 300 off 35. And it's just, it's just bizarre to see like how di- yeah, it is. It's just bizarre to see. That was the one thing that I took away. I was like, there was part of me thinking like, bloody hell, they're going really slow here. And like that, I think that's just how conditioned and how lucky we have been with everything. It's just, they've been like our, one day side has just completely changed the game. Um, but I do agree that there are some formidable sides out there still. And it's yet to be seen whether we can do the same thing we've done at home away. But I just think that our one day side is, after watching South Africa, Pakistan, enjoyable as it has been, is our side just looks far and away the best one day side in the world, in my opinion. I think still, so. even after India. Yeah, even after India. Yeah, yeah. Firmly, I'd, I'd agree with Gareth there. I think we mentioned it um, during the ODI series. We mentioned that we, we probably gave away the first ODI and then the final ODI was a bit of a ding-dong, really. Um, and having given away that first ODI, we should really have won the Series 2-1. Yeah. Um, which would mean that 
you know, we can, we, we are well capable of doing it away from home. But what has been so unbelievably evident um, when watching all the ODI cricket that's going on around the world is that there's no team set up to go from, go from ball one, pretty much, quite like England are. No. You know, England, England have got this format down. It doesn't really matter what, what they do in regard to how many wickets they lose. Like If they lose two wickets at the top, they don't change the way they play. They still play the exact same way. And I don't think there's any side that still, I don't think there's any side that is capable of doing that and going from ball one. We even saw it with India. India were, you know, they were going within themselves at the start in order to try and set up a late hit. A late hit. And it and it worked for them on occasion, but it's, it's you know, that's not gonna work every time. And are you gonna restrict the amount of runs you can get? Yes, you are. And I think we were seeing that in the first ODI before we went and mucked it up. And we were seeing that in the second one, definitely. Yeah. So you still got to think. And the, and the third one again, where we went off like a train. Yeah. You still got to think we're, we're still playing that slightly different game to the rest of the ODI nations that have, that we've seen. And, and we, we, and the thing I think that we forgot to mention, we're not even full strength. Like I think if Root plays in, in those games, like we said, in game three, especially, we'd have won those games easily. I think, I think that's just, I, I think he makes that much of a difference. It's, yeah, he's the one player who plays differently to everybody else, but still he's 100 off 100 balls, maybe 100 off 90. Like he doesn't take away from the scoring because he's so good at, like it's the classic thing is you, you look up and he, you feel like he's done nothing, but he's 20 off 20 balls or 20 off 30 off 25 balls. Like even, even him, and you see like Fak as a man today, well, both times he was 100 odd off 110, 100 odd. You know, Barbara Zam as well. He caught up at the end and he was 90 odd off 82. Um, you know, with the likes of us, you know, we're getting Bairstow's having 60 ball hundreds, Roy's having 60 ball hundreds, um, Roots getting hundreds at 90. You know, Morgan's had 100 at 50 balls, Butler's had two or three hundreds at 50 balls, Stokes has got it in him as well. I think he's had 100 off 70 in one day cricket. You know, every, it's just loaded from top to bottom and then. With the bowling lineup as well that we have, you know, I just think that we're, as I said, and it was pointed out before, we're just playing a completely different game. I think full strength, we're almost, you know, obviously we're going to have the have a few bad games like we did, but you know, we're I think we're just by far and away playing a different game to to every other country at the moment. We've we've got a team. We've got, we we have a full team of players who can adopt this mindset, don't we? And that's. Yeah. That's the success of it. We have an 11-man team who can all adopt this mindset, go from ball one and play hard. And we're starting to see nations developing players who will go and do that, but they don't have the full 11. No. And I think that's, that's what we've seen so far. You know, you've got your odd, your odd player in each side. India have got the likes of Pant. Um, South Africa have got the likes of Van der Dussen, who averages... 80 in ODI cricket, which is ridiculous. But then they were they were talking about that this week, weren't they? About the fact that he himself thinks he scores too slowly. Yeah. And I, mean, I think that's just that's just how we've... I think that firmly points out the way that we've changed it. I think the only side that really are on par to us are closer, and it showed in the last World Cup, was New Zealand. You know, the Guptal, Munro, people at the top. Williamson, Williamson does the same thing as Root. He's rarely ever 100 off 120, 140 balls. He'll be 100 off 100. That's sort of thing. Ross Taylor, people coming in lower down the order. Nisham, and then their gun bowling attack. 
So, you know, and to see how well they've played in the T20s recently with, as we mentioned, Finn Allen coming in again, 70 off 20 balls. You know, I think they're the the, the next cap. But then again, you know, they've still got some, you know, Munro doesn't fire that often. They've had Henry Nichols opening the batting's a bit more, kind of nudge it and noodle it rather than whack it. But I said they're the only side that I think are playing a relatively similar brand, but I think they're still far behind us. Yeah, I, I would, I would go along with that. I think we're still firmly. I, I think India, India have taken us now, have they, for the number one ODI spot? No, I don't think they did. But if we'd lost three 0 they would have. All right, we're 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 hanging on to our uh, title there, and I think Owen Morgan is taking that pretty seriously. So we're going to need to absolutely pan someone in the next ODI series we play to keep it keep it up at the top. But um, yeah, I I have to go along with that. I, as we said, I think. We are currently the only ODI side that are playing the brand in itself, in, in the whole game sort of thing, rather than 50% of the game. We're playing it for 100% of our innings, and there is no other side that are currently doing that, in my view. Um, we've seen Australia and New Zealand, and I don't think they pull it off that effectively either. So I think we're, 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 still, in a, we're still in a very good spot, and I think the World Cup... T20 World Cup uh, obviously it's a different format but I do think it will give us a reasonable idea uh, of how we're going to be reacting to tournament cricket in subcontinent conditions and especially in India um, so see how we go but it'll be good to see and it'll be a good watch as ever and we've touched on the IPL and the IPL is going to play into that a lot as well so I think people should be following this IPL with perhaps a little bit closer attention than they have previously obviously people get involved with it every year but this year it really really does play a huge part on not only the domestic cricketing scene but also the international one so yeah yeah absolutely um, there's a lot of cricket to look forward to she, yeah, she, our next our next odi just just uh because you mentioned it is against sri lanka and then we play pakistan very close one after the other so on, on home soil but um Asian teams again getting ready for the World Cup. Yeah, it's good of us to schedule a, uh, a, a nice ODI series against a reasonably struggling Sri Lankan side, isn't it? <laughs> They're going to get absolutely burnt off the park. Oh, Just got to keep that number call, one call, status. Calling it here, we're going to score five hundred at Tempbridge against Sri Lanka. I'm calling <laughs> it right now. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> first, first well, thing I have to do it. I'm calling it. Well, we'll have the first few games, hopefully, of the IPL next week to discuss. Um, Predictions for um, the opening game. The opening game is, is it Mumbai RCB? Is it? It's the, yeah, it's Mumbai Indians against uh, RCB. So Mumbai, I've I've gone for the RCB boys to win it. <laughs> and Gav, you've gone for Mumbai. So Elliot, I think you've kind of got the deciding vote there. Oh, th- this is going to be a Mumbai game. I, th- I think I can't see them. I can't see them coming out and not winning this. It's the first game of the tournament. They're going to be fired up, and I think they're going to have that Ishan Kishan lad coming in to open the batting. And he, I'm sorry, Akuma Yadav. Yeah, he is. He is full of himself, that lad. So if he but, get, if he didn't get a quick fifty, I'll be quite shocked. Do, do you know what? Actually, I have picked Mumbai to win the tournament, but controversially, I think RCB might win this game because I think it's the classic RCB. They'll light up. I think even Maxwell might even go mental. Um, Coley will get some runs. 
Uh, I think they might tip it over the line. But when push comes to shove at the end of the tournament, I, th- you know, you can't bet on RCB. But I think they might start off the tournament with a little upset and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, this is RCB's year. And then come the end of the tournament, it's going to be my boys, the Mumbai Indians, lifting the trophy. Kind of well, interestingly, by by the time this is this is out, we will know the result, uh, and people listening can have a good little giggle and, <laughs> and look it up and, and see who was right up between Elliot and and Gavin. Um, but thanks, thanks so much for listening. Um, don't forget to follow us on uh, Instagram at bat eight underscore don't bowl. I feel like previously I've been saying it as bat eight don't bowl. There's a very important underscore in between. There is the a eight massive underscore. Eight. So uh, take a look there. Um, anyone got anything left to add, Elliot? I reckon you're keen to say something. Oh, yeah, I can add something. I could add something. I'd, I'd judged by the uh, record of our predictions in the past, by the way, neither Mumbai or <laughs> something's, something's going to go wrong, and, and neither of them are going to win because we're terrible at predicting cricket matches and series in general. But um, we touched on some upcoming cricket and. I've just spotted this. Uh, New Zealand have announced their test squad for the England tour and therefore, by extension, the World Test Championship. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, you know, it's a little while off, but I think it's sort of the, New Zealand have been playing some very good cricket recently. They have included a bloke called Rachin Ravindra, who I have never heard of. Um, uh, they've also included Devon Conway. Who, oh, he's been scoring loads of runs. He's been scoring a hatful of runs. You know, you've got Kane Williamson, Trent Ball, Doug Bracewell's back in. Uh, he's not been in for very Dougie Bracewell. He's not been in since 2016. He's back in the test side. Uh, Colin the Large Man is in. Uh, Matt Henry, Cal Jameson, Gaff. You're oh, well, Matt. He's he's going to take so many wickets against us. He's going to take an absolute hatful of wickets in our conditions, isn't he? It's going to oh. It's going to be horrific. Well, I think the the main talking point here is a very interesting inclusion. Uh, I didn't actually realise he'd started playing cricket. Uh, I thought he was still a a pop singer, but Will Young has (laughs) been uh, included, which is is very interesting. He's got a relatively good uh, first-class average, actually, in New Zealand. (laughs) Well, yeah, we've got got Will. That's really tickled me, that. We've got Will Young. So, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. That's Will Young's last really tickle me. Uh, the only thing for me is don't forget, we've also got a Twitter at B8DB, all capitals, underscore podcast. So follow us on Twitter as well. Yeah, because next week we, uh, we have another one coming out. So see you then. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye.